You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mella Borowski, back with another great dialogue for you today. Martini Martinez has been studying the paranormal since her first experience at seven years old. She now hosts the podcast Mischief Life, where she talks about her experiences as well as shares funny stories from her life. This is going to be a discussion on all things paranormal, y'all, so pile up and get comfy. Martini, so good to have you here. I'm so excited. Thanks so much. I want to hear about this paranormal experience at seven years old. What happened? So I was at my best friend's house. It was the first time we were ever hanging out and we were playing in her room because we were in first grade. So I'm sure it was Barbies or something. And we, we got hungry. So she had to go get some cookies. So she went to the kitchen and in the house at the time was just me and her and her mother was out front doing some gardening. While she was out of the room, I heard a man say my name. Mm. And I just sat there really quietly because I didn't really know what to do. And I was trying to think um, maybe her dad came home, but I didn't hear any doors. No car had pulled up. No one came in the house. So when she came back, I told her that I heard some man say my name. And she said, oh, that's just Mr. F. And I said, who's Mr. F? And she was like, my mommy told me that he died in our house before we moved in. Oh my goodness. And I was like, well, how does he know my name? And she was like, well, he's always around. So I'm sure he heard me or my mom say it. Wow. So So that stayed with you. Oh, a hundred percent. It was actually, I think the first thing in my life that I just like did not have a way to explain it. And then I was fascinated from then on. Oh, Wow. And did you continue to have any other experiences as a child after that? Yeah, um, I actually, it was probably like middle school. I felt like someone was in my room with me, but there was no one else there but me. And Mm. I don't know why, but I just, I had assumed that it was my grandmother who had passed a few years earlier. Mm. And um, I said, Nana, if that's you, can you give me a sign? And my computer monitor turned off. And it was one of those old monitors where you had to actually push the button and it would depress into the monitor. Yeah. So that turned off right (laughs) when I said that. And I got on my bike and immediately rode to my best friend's house because I was terrified. (laughs) Yeah, I was about to ask, uh, what what were your emotions like when this was happening as a child? Was it just like, oh, okay, that's the supernatural or or was there a lot of fear? When the first one happened, when I just heard somebody say my name, I kind of, even that little was like, oh, you must be hearing something. Mm. And then when my friend came back, I wasn't by myself anymore. And we just kind of continued with our game. So there wasn't really time to feel anything that much. Yeah. But when when that computer monitor turned off, I was out. I was done. <laughs> I bet. So was there a point in your life when you started to seek out these paranormal experiences? Most definitely. Um, My godmother had passed and she and my mother were obviously very, very close. 
And that was the first time that I thought of purposefully trying to reach out and talk to someone. And I'm not quite sure why, because she and I weren't very close, but it just, for some reason, I was like, I, I want to try to talk to her. And I thought about it for a really long time and actually decided not to, because I had read and researched so many horror stories of people messing with things that they don't understand. And I was like, as much as I've been reading about this and researching it, I don't think it's a good idea to try by myself. I don't think it's a good idea to try when I'm when I'm really upset. Yeah. Just because I feel like at the time I felt like something could very easily take advantage of the fact that I was emotional and maybe not thinking things through all the way. And I didn't want to put myself in that position. Yeah, that was actually really good thinking as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think that was... People um, get involved in their emotions and I think that they kind of let their guard down just like they would do with any, you know, a physical person and then things come in and they don't know how to handle it. Exactly. Or, you know, I always explain any kind of spirit communication, but mainly Ouija boards because that's what I get asked about the most. Mm -hmm. But I always explain it as, you know, it's a door. So you're going to open the door and if somebody's in the doorway, you can't close it. And if they're not going to get out of the doorway, then you don't have a choice but to leave it open. So almost no matter what your intentions are, if you don't know how to fix that problem, you probably shouldn't open yourself up to having that problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. So the Ouija board is what you use the most? Um, I used it when I was younger and had like a really scary experience with it yeah so I kind of steer away from the Ouija board I do a little bit of automatic writing Mm -hmm. but for the most part I kind of just try to meditate a little bit and see if I can I can hear things by myself or I try to I try to set up like a scenario of like if you really want me to talk to you I just need you to do this one action And then if that happens, then I I kind of explore a little bit further of like, what's the easiest way for you to talk to me? It's not a quick conversation. This usually takes (laughs) like a week or so of being like, so how do you want to talk? Do you want me to text you or lead? Do you consider yourself a medium? I would love to delve into mediumship because I feel like if I actually put the time and energy towards it, that I could do it but Mm. I haven't done that yet I haven't like I'm worried about being able to turn it off yeah that's the big thing which is what everyone seems to have the biggest problem with and I I do appreciate being able to go to sleep at night (laughs) so (laughs) yeah I think if you get training from someone that has to be something that they're going to talk about I'm not a medium myself I do experience the, the spirit world but I'm not, I'm not sitting there having a chat with them. Um, right. But it also sounds like you're clairaudient because you're getting these messages clearly hearing them. Yeah, I do. I hear things and regularly think that they're just things that everybody else can hear. <laughs> and people get really confused because I, it'll be silent in a room and I'll turn around and just be like, what? And, and nothing <laughs> happened. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) 
I don't mess around with Ouija boards myself. My family, my mother had a really uh, terrifying experience with one when I was a baby. And that story just kind of stuck with me. And the ghost actually ended up staying with that Ouija board. And when they, when we moved from Germany back to the United States, it actually showed up in that house again. And it's just something that kind of, even as I learned more, that was just not what I wanted to bring into my home. Exactly. I have no issue with other people using it. The only issue I have is when I'm called in to get continually get rid of spirits that they keep bringing in with it. Exactly. (laughs) Learn your lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Fool me once, shame on me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, because because it is a door. It's it's a it's a tool like anything, but it is a a tool that can open a door. And if you don't, like you said, if you don't know what you're doing, once it gets there, you need to not open that door. Exactly. I've heard people that were using the Ouija board and it, they didn't know that it could follow them. Mm. And I was like, no, that can stick with you. Um, That can stick with you for years. Yeah. This one with my mom absolutely did. And, uh, and she thinks that it kind of hitched the ride on the Ouija board when it came back. And she ended up, you know, people scared her and said, oh, you, you can't burn it. You can't get rid of it. You have to find someone to give it to who is willing to take it. And just all this stuff like that, that was going on back. And I guess this was the 70s or something. But <laughs> it's hard because if you try to go for help, I mean, everyone's trying to help. Everyone has good intentions, but with different traditions and different teachings it's just Mm -hmm. there are so many things that you are supposed to do or are not supposed to do and you have to find what works for you and just kind of hope for the best it's really scary yeah i think my mom ended up getting rid of it by just being firm she got to the end of a rope and just basically said get the hell out of here which is what i do that's how i go in and cleanse places i'm not the chatty let me find out i'm I get called in when I go in and say, all right, now get the hell out of here. Exactly. This isn't your house anymore. Right. (laughs) I've got my own ideas, of course, about this. And I've interviewed some different paranormal investigators as well as fellow witches who have their ideas. But tell me your thoughts on why some souls get trapped here on Earth as ghosts. From from what I can gather in in my investigations, it seems to be a lot of, of loved ones that just want to be involved with the family still. They just want to watch mm-hmm. over everyone and and kind of see what's going on. My dad used to compare it to me when I was little. He was like, you would go to bed, but you were never asleep. <laughs> He's like, you were listening to everything going on in the house. You were just being nosy. Yeah. So <laughs> he always tells me, he's like, they're just being nosy. They just want to know what's going on. You know, the, the classic unfinished business, I think, applies. Um, I've also heard a theory that I find really interesting that if it will, if the person had committed suicide, that mm. there was a special atonement that you had to complete in order to move on. And that was to, to stop someone else from doing the same thing. Oh, wow. And once I heard that theory, I went back and I looked at a couple of cases from like TV shows and books and things like that. And it does seem to correlate a little bit. So I've always found that one really interesting too. Yeah, that is interesting. I've actually had experience with the whole unfinished business thing. I, 
I've told this story before, but I, I went to a home that there was a woman who, I guess she died in her home. Something happened. She died in the home and the people next door bought her home and was using it for storage. She didn't like that. And she was very concerned about some plants. I think there were trees or bushes out in her front yard. And so it, it was a matter of me asking the people who now owned her property next door, will you take care of these trees and bushes that she cares so much about? And once they agreed and they verbally agreed and outside, I saw this kind of spirit form rise up and kind of move on and the entire energy changed. You know, people love their plants. They love their outdoor stuff. And so that was kind of the, un she was so worried uh, about leaving this outdoor plant she had planted. Yeah. It's, it's strange to me, like what the people consider to be like important unfinished business. And it always, yeah. it always makes me like rethink my priorities a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm like, am I gonna, am I gonna be like really concerned about like a pair of shoes or something? Right. Be like those are really cute, and I don't think that you should have them. Like, right. <laughs> I was called out to cleanse a house once, and I experienced a residual haunting in their kitchen. Just the energy of something traumatic that had happened there. I don't believe that there was an actual ghost in that kitchen, although there were some nasty entities elsewhere in the house. But I've. I've been thinking about how residual hauntings may appear in different places. I've heard different stories. Have you had any experience with that? I haven't experienced anything residual. I mean, not, not definitively that I would like classify as residual. Um, mm -hmm. My dad's old house was once a stable mm. and I was investigating his house just because I wanted to see what was in there. So me and a couple of friends were um, were listening to some EVPs. And in the background of the recording, we were actually getting really annoyed because I was like, what's going on with this tape recorder? Why is it making this thumping noise? And when we turned up the volume and listened more specifically to that part of the recording, it's um, hoofbeats oh, on yeah. like stone streets. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that is a perfect example of residual haunting. Like, I don't know yeah. why that horse is still going, but he's got a mission. So, okay. Yeah. If you think about energy, I'm all about energy. Hmm. If you think about every single thing, including the horse, is made of energy. If enough energy of hooves on the, on the cobbles is is there it's kind of imprinted into those walls and beams and things right that's like the uh, the stone tape theory where like mm. certain stones can hold energy for a very yeah. long time and then it just it gets released over time and some people can just hear it and sense it better than others what was the craziest experience that you've had with a ghost there's a place in pennsylvania called penhurst and I went to Penhurst probably a lot more than I should. Um, it's open to the public. They have a haunted attraction there. And part of the attraction is you can go into this building and they don't have any actors. You can just explore it. They give you a flashlight mm. and they just let you go. Well, they had a paranormal convention. So clearly I was clamoring to get there. <laughs> and I went into that same building during the day and there's a basement in the basement, there's a spirit that they call King, and King doesn't like women. 
Mm. He especially doesn't like women who are what what most would call strong-willed. Mm-hmm. He does not like to be told what to do or bossed around. So that's what I went and intended to do. I do not recommend. Um, <laughs> there is a recording that my friend has. It's about 40 minutes long and it's me yelling at King and I don't remember doing this. Wow. Uh, I remember we had been talking to a spirit that we think was a little girl and the little girl was rolling a ball back and forth. So we were mesmerized and then all of a sudden it stopped. Hmm. And when it stopped, someone had an EVP that said something like he made me. And that just, hmm. it set me off much quicker than I would normally get so angry. Yeah. So I think that I was feeding off the energy already at that point. And um, I started yelling and I was saying saying things that are not intelligent to say. I was inviting him. I was, I was saying, you know, you can't mess with little kids when I'm here. Pick on someone your own size. You want to mess with somebody, you come mess with me. I mean, none of that is a good idea. And I know that. So why I would be yelling that does not make a lot of sense. Wow. I had wandered off into a room by myself, which I also normally would never do. Mm-hmm. And in the recording, you hear me saying, my heart, my heart hurts. And then I start saying, let it go. Wow. And I remember feeling it felt like someone had reached into my chest and was squeezing my heart. It was mm. so painful. And I felt like I couldn't breathe. It was just like strong pressure. Wow. And I was I was ice cold. And it was it was intense. And I don't remember most of it. But there's just this long recording of me yelling. Wow, that is crazy. <laughs> there's no response or anything like that. But I'm clearly reacting to somebody, something that yeah. no one else is sensing or hearing. And everybody else in the recording is just silent because it, it probably seems like I'm losing my mind. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that was the scariest one. Mm. And so how do you handle the fear of these types of things or or do you usually not have that fear and this was just a special case this honestly that was i've never had anything like that happen to me before or since Mm. normally i'm i'm pretty sensitive to my emotions and where they should normally be and for some reason i think it was just the fact that i felt like somebody was picking on that little girl and i couldn't do anything Mm. about it yeah it just it it sent me into a different like dimension of anger. I don't even uh. know. <laughs> and I think that I just I just didn't catch it in time. I probably wasn't paying as much attention as I should have been because thinking about it now, I know that I got very, very angry very quickly. And the, yeah. the correct course of action would have been to go outside. Yeah. And I didn't. Are you an empath? So... What's funny about that is I actually never thought that I was. And then I was listening to your podcast where you read (laughs) out like the checklist. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, according to the checklist, oh, definitely. Oh, wow. Like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was just going through my mind and just everything you were saying. I'm like, wow, that sounds like empath energy there soaking up, you know, maybe even another spirit or something. Because I've also like talked to family members and things and they say that I I sound like relatives that I've never Mm. met 
or I say like things that they used to say all the time without knowing. Yeah. And they were like, you seem to be picking up on somebody. And I'm like, well, it's somebody that that was alive before me. I have no idea who that is. That also might be empath plus medium, you know, mixed together. Mm -hmm. Which is super interesting and like really exciting (laughs) because after I after I like wrote down that little checklist and went through it on the podcast with you, I immediately texted my fiance. I was like, oh, my God, guess what? He was like, what are we going to do now? I was like, I don't know. I got to read stuff. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. The main thing with with an empath, and I think with a medium too, is is just the protection. Yeah. To not be open wide all the time because you have to be able to tell whether an emotion that you're having or a response you're having is your own or coming from someone else. Exactly. And even on investigations before that one, I was always the one that was telling people, like, are you angry? And they they wouldn't understand what I was saying because mm. they'd get really upset. And I would say, are you angry? And mm. they would be like, well, yeah, I'm angry. And I'm like, yeah, but is it you? Like, are, are you feeling your own emotion? And they would they would be like, are you OK? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I know how to word this. <laughs> so this is a theory that I've talked about with I had the ghost biker on and a few other people. Um, DC O'Rourke, I think we talked about. But it's the whole idea that when investigators or even thrill seekers go into these haunted locations with this idea of, oh, these ghosts are so wicked, they're going to create chaos that the spirits say, hell yeah, we're going to create chaos. But if you go in with respect, you don't seem to get those same chaotic experiences. What are your thoughts on that theory? I agree. Mm. And the perfect example is that that spirit that was so scary. Mm -hmm. I went into that that basement and I was like, okay. I was like, this spirit is scary. He doesn't like women. He doesn't like loud, obnoxious women. So like there's three points against me already. (laughs) (laughs) And and I got exactly what I thought I was going to get. It was terrifying. It Mm -hmm. hurt really bad. I went into a different building on that same property and I didn't know the history of that building. I didn't hear any stories about the spirits there. I knew that there were there were children that were there most of the time. So I went in fully expecting to deal with children and that's exactly what happened until I got to the top floor and I had been I had been going through it with these little kids. I was weeping Mm. uncontrollably. They said that that happens a lot there. Mm -hmm. They they were like, do you want to go outside? And I was like, no, I'm okay. I just, I just can't stop crying. I don't know what I'm upset about, but I'm real upset. And I felt, I could feel like children's hands on my arms and holding my hands. Oh, wow. Which made it even worse because then I was like oh my god they need my help and what yeah. am I going to do so it was it was a mess um, <laughs> and they stayed with me the whole time because I don't I think it was like the fact that I'm a mom but I was like I am not going to tell these little kids to go away if they don't have to they can hang out with me for a while if they want right like when I'm leaving I'll tell them that I gotta go but if they want to walk around the building with me that's fine so it felt like I probably had like seven or eight little kids just all around me. And all of a sudden, I felt like this heat on my shoulder and I fell over 
into a wall. So for me, that that meant that someone had shoved me. Yeah. And when that happened, like I felt all the little the little kid fingers on my arms move around and like pull me. Mm. And I was talking to the friend that I was with and I was like, if that I was like, if I had had the same expectation in the other building that I had in here, I wonder if I would have just gotten a shove instead Mm. of like something squeezing my heart. And because going in there with that expectation of like, okay, this could be scary. That's that's a lot of power that you're handing over. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I went into a hotel in Charleston and I can't remember what it's called. It used to be the training, the military academy, even during the civil war. And it was all male. And the people told us going in, these ghosts don't like women. Like they, they riled us up, you know? Yeah. (laughs) They don't like women. And so be careful and stay together. When we go into a certain room, uh, a lot of times the women are going to feel very cramped and etc. And so I was, I was a little taken aback. And so we go into this place and sure enough, no one else, you know, my husband, my son, they weren't feeling anything. And my mom and I, we were watching the chandelier sway and we felt like we were just suffocating in this hot, I don't know. It just felt like we were being suffocated. Yeah. And I think that if, I just wonder if they hadn't worked all that up, if it had been the same. I also think that even if you did feel the same things and see the same things, you probably wouldn't perceive them. Mm as clearly as what they told you it was right like i feel like instead of being like oh i'm i feel cramped just like they said i would it would kind of be like i feel a little like stuffy in here yeah yeah instead of all the women are gonna feel this way because they hate women in this place (laughs) yeah exactly i don't know did you listen to the episode with marianne i didn't get there yet no well she talks about these creatures called black eyed kids. And let me tell you of all the things people have told me about that terrified me. They are terrifying. So you know about them. Tell me what you know. (laughs) I've heard of the black eyed children and who from, from what I understand, they, they show up and they claim to be in need of help. Mm. And if you, if you like let them into your house, then like bad stuff happens and they won't leave and you're oh, you're stuck with them and like they won't ever look at you until you already let them into the house and i've heard horror stories of like like the one that stands out it was somebody who said that they were waiting in the car while their mom was getting their hair done they were like 11 or 12 years old and a little kid knocked on the window and said that they they had to get into the car And Mm -hmm. he was like, I'm not letting anybody into this car. Like, I don't know you. You're a stranger. And then the mother, when she came out to the car, said that it was really strange because a little kid came in and wouldn't look at her and kept asking her for her car keys. Wow. And I read that and I was like, okay. That that gives me chills. (laughs) I was like, that's bad. No, that's bad news. Yeah, Marianne was talking about, it seemed like she was saying that maybe they were some sort of alien creature or star people or of some sort, and basically they are just bad news. They're just bad news. A lot of sightings of them have been like right outside of the woods too, like farmers mm-hmm. tend to see them a lot. Yeah. Which is such a juxtaposition of like they knock on your door, so yeah. they, they're 
kind of just seem everywhere, but then not a lot of people have seen them. It's so strange. Yeah, it it really is very strange. And that I w- I could live my whole life without meeting up with one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm all set with that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here in South Carolina, and we have a local cryptid. It's the Lizard Man. He's been oh. seen over in Lee County near Bishopville. And so for the listeners, um, I don't know if it's still there, but if you ever go to Bishopville, if you're in South Carolina, go see Pearl Friars Topiary Garden and get a Lizard Man t-shirt. Anyway, (laughs) do you have a state cryptid and have you had any experiences with it? So I just moved to Florida two years ago. Oh, okay. And we apparently have the skunk ape, which Mm. is like Bigfoot, but Mm -hmm. gross. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard of the skunk ape. (laughs) So I have not had any experiences with the skunk ape because I haven't really gotten to explore Florida much with like the pandemic and everything going on. Yeah. But I'm excited to. (laughs) That's one of the ones that like I kind of want to deal with that from afar because seven feet tall and smelling really bad. Yeah. (laughs) I'm good from far away for that one. And where did you come from? I came from Pennsylvania. And do they have a creature there? Pennsylvania kind of shares. Everybody in my area either completely does not believe or has actually seen the Jersey Devil. Okay. (laughs) Which I think that I saw him too. Mm. There's something out there. I don't know if it's what everybody is saying that it is, but there is something giant flying out there. I'm sure of it. So this is kind of off. I don't know. Well, it has to do with the haunting thing. So do you ever watch that YouTube channel, Ask a Mortician? Yes. I was watching the one about frozen bodies on Mount Everest. You know, how they litter the actual mountain. Yeah. And she was saying you have to even step over some of the bodies as you travel. And I've never thought about Mount Everest before in my life. You know, going up a mountain is not something that I want to do. Right. But it made me wonder how freaking haunted Mount Everest has to be. So I did this quick Google search. There were all sorts of sites. I didn't do deep research, but I know you do a lot of research. Have you heard of any hauntings or paranormal activity about Mount Everest? I haven't. I haven't ever thought to look, but that makes so much sense. Because if you think about it, people spend their whole lives training and planning to do Mm -hmm. Everest. Most of the time it's like, with people that are really special to them, like family members or significant others, and then to not make it. Yeah, I mean, talk about unfinished business. That has to be devastating, too. Yeah. To be like, I was in the process. I was almost there. And then their bodies aren't even buried. They're just right there, and the people are walking right by them and going, and some of them are making it. I mean, that I don't want to go there. Oh, my goodness. They even use some of the bodies as markers on the trail. That, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. To be like, yeah, if you get to Ted, turn left. (laughs) Like, no. Exactly. I don't think that's good. (laughs) And then they can't go up there and get them. Even the rescue parties that have tried to go up there and get certain bodies, some of them end up dead because it's just such a devastating environment. Yeah, that's insane. I never thought of that. Yeah, it just feels like it would be such a haunted area. That makes it even harder. We had to deal with that, too. Yeah. What about hauntings or paranormal activity 
like really gets your blood going? What 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 do you like the most? I honestly think that it's because I want to know what happens. Mm. Like I want it. I would love to have a conversation with a spirit last long enough that I can help them with what they need and then be like, okay, so listen, how, what happens? Mm-hmm. Is there like, is there a light? Are you here by choice? Can you kind of go whenever you want? Like I have so many questions like everybody does. Yeah. And I think that that's probably a very unattainable goal that I have, <laughs> but just, I just keep, because I've always, the what I spend the most time on has always been trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of a lot of investigators really just want to gather evidence, yeah. or um, they really just want to like get a really good picture or see a full body apparition. I just want to talk. Mm-hmm. With your with your gifts so strong, I think that if you develop that mediumship and that empath together, you might be able to do that. What's really strange is I never really thought that that was a possibility. I always, I always thought that everybody could kind of like, I thought I was very normal mm-hmm. and that everything that I was hearing and feeling was just because I was maybe listening harder. Yeah. And then as I went on investigations and it's like silence and I'm the only one that hears something, I was like, maybe there is something like different going on here. And again, just kind of brushed it off until my fiance's grandmother had this chandelier and we have moved three times and all three times we moved, we found a piece of this chandelier and we've thrown it away. Hmm. I still have it hmm. because it keeps, it, it just is places. Yeah. So we threw it out in the first house that he was moving from and that's when I moved in with him mm-hmm. and I was washing the dishes and it was on the counter mm-hmm. and I was like, that's strange. Why are there so many pieces of the chandelier? And I threw yeah. it out again. And then a few weeks later, it was on my nightstand. Wow. And I was like, hello again. I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> and I threw it out again. And when I threw it out that time, I said, if you really want me to have it, if I find it again, I'm going to keep it. And I found it again. So I have wow. it now. And I found that if I sit with it for a while... Because I don't, I don't know why. Some days I just will go and like hold it. Mm-hmm. I don't, it just feels like she wants me to. Yeah. So I'll just sit there and I'll just hold it. And like the, the one, the one night I just had this overwhelming urge to go to the beach hmm. and like take it with me to the beach. And I was like, I guess, I guess we'll go to the beach. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just kind of like try to, to do what it, it makes me feel like I should be doing. And since yeah. then. Like the more I sit with it, the more I hold it, the more I'll be watching YouTube and videos on mediumship will pop up mm. or that's around the time that I found your podcast wow. and was listening to the the empath episode. Hmm. I was like, is somebody trying to wake me up right now? <laughs> is that what's going on? That sounds like a perfect item for an ancestor altar. <laughs> so I mean, Iris, if you... That's the thing that that gets me is she's not even related to me. It's my fiance's grandmother that I never got to meet. Well, you can have ancestors of blood and ancestors of spirit. So there's something about you that she's connected with. Oh, there is that. Yeah. 
my fiance tells me all the time that she would have liked me. So mm. he was like, she wouldn't have understood you. She only spoke Spanish, <laughs> but you know. Oh, wow. I was like, I think feisty is the same in all languages. Yeah, pretty <laughs> <Yes>. much. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been such a great conversation. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. So my podcast uh, was actually born out of me really wanting to try stand-up comedy and then all of the comedy clubs in my area closing because of the pandemic. Yeah. And um, I tell some funny stories and I talk about the paranormal a whole lot and that's pretty much it. And how do we find it? It's called Mischief Life. It's on all major platforms. You just search for that in the search bar and I will pop right up. That's awesome. And I listened to a few of the episodes when you were going to come on the show. So I I think they're excellent. Thank you. I felt like it was just uh, almost like having a conversation, even though you're not hearing me talk back to you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was hoping for. Everybody was so like... In the beginning of, of the lockdowns, everybody was so lonely. And I was like, maybe just mm. hearing somebody talk about like dumb stuff they've done, <laughs> or, like make somebody laugh or like at least feel like you're not by yourself for a little bit. I think the last one I was listening to, I think it was something about dating Satan. I didn't finish oh my the, gosh. I didn't finish it yet, but <laughs> I thought that was really going to be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Well, this has been a lot of fun, Martini. Thank you for being here. Of course. Anytime. Thanks so much. And y'all show Martini some love by checking out her podcast, Mischief Life. And don't forget, you can go to the Bell Book and Candle website to comment on this episode, as well as send me a little voice message. Super easy, y'all. There's a little microphone at the bottom of the page, and I reckon I might just use it in one of our episodes. Take care, and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.